2: IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Sort of special, Sean, from the standpoint of the RTCF show is back. We are back with uh, the first edition of 2024. Matter of fact, Sean, it's kind of a a cool moment because it's the first time you and I have done this show since you went through your Mm -hmm. battle. Yeah. So very excited to be going uh going with you today, but a lot to talk about today as well, man. There's uh some big news. Uh Notre Dame Nation, some big news today. Notre Dame just got a commitment from 2025 wide receiver Elijah Burrison. We're gonna have a lot to talk about that. We're gonna then dive into just a breakdown overall of the Notre Dame recruiting board at receiver, just our overall thoughts about who they're gonna take, who they're who they should take, who maybe we don't <laughs> think they should take. And uh, just dive into that. Part two of today's show will be about, we're going to look at, you know, there was some stuff released this week about returning production in college football in 2024. We're going to look at Notre Dame, Notre name schedule, and, and kind of ask the question, is Notre Dame's, inex- you know, experience level of production, is it something that could be a hindrance to any chance to make a run this year uh, at the, not, not, not so much the playoffs, but a run, a deep run into the college football playoff. And then the final part of today's show, Sean, and this is our recruiting, T, their name team, CF, college football. That's what the show stands for, for those who don't know. It has been a wild offseason, and this week alone has just been absolutely nuts, Sean. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of the, the, the happenings in college football. Chip Kelly going to Ohio State, leaving a head coaching job at UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State why all that's going down. We'll talk about Ryan Grubb leaving Alabama. A lot, a lot to discuss here today, man, for, uh, for for Notre Dame and college football and all that type of stuff. But more importantly, to begin with, man, it's good to be back doing the RTCF show.
3: It's rock and roll, man. We're starting it with the uh, first wide receiver commit in the 2025 class, and I'm ready to get to all the topics, and I'm sure we're going to have a lit chat as always. <laughs>
2: Obviously, Sean, the big news is Notre Dame, as we talked about, got the commitment from Elijah Burst. This is going to be an interesting one, Sean, and you can already see it in the chats. This is going to be one of those ones, and it's already on the board. We've been having this battle all day. He's not ranked very high. Matter of fact, three of the four recruiting services I haven't even ranked them. The one that has him has as a three-star. The um, he, he is a guy that has only three power five offers and a guy that is just from a, from a what people who don't watch film look at standpoint, not a very impressive pickup for Notre Dame. Then you look more into the film and the talent, and those things tell a very, very different story. But uh, just to kick off, Elijah Burst from Wayne, New Jersey, DePaul Catholic High School, had 29 catches this year for over 400 yards, five touchdowns, did his best work in some of their biggest moments, had seven catches for 115 yards against Bergen Catholic, outplayed Quincy Porter in that game, by the way. Also had four catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns in their first playoff game. And so we'll talk about that. We'll also dive into the film, uh, Sean, about this one. And, of course, we've looked at, talked a lot about DNA and genes. And one of the things you have, again, this is Plexco Burris' son, right? Plexco Burris, first-round NFL draft pick, played in the NFL for over 10 10 years, has over 10,000 career receiving yards, won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Actually, was he on both their Super Bowl teams or just the one? The one where they beat the uh, caught the game winning touchdown. No for games, a fact. that the one. Patriots, right. Yeah, it's in that first Super Bowl where they beat the Patriots. And his mom, Tiffany, is a lawyer. But before that, she was at Penn State running track. She also started a, a, a clothing line for moms a, a while ago. I don't know if she's still doing that or not. But comes from a very, very obviously gifted family athletically. Mom was a Big Ten sprinter. She ran the mm-hmm. 100-meter dash indoors, you know, short sprints. Dad was an NFL football player. So but that doesn't mean that you're going to be a good player. Michael Jordan had kids that played basketball and they weren't as good as Michael Jordan. Right. I mean, so that doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you watch the
3: film, Sean, you look and say that this kid is a very, very talented player. Absolutely. And the one thing that jumped out on his film when we watched it is he has suddenness to his game. I'm very interested. You know, we'll find out eventually what his 40 time is. I'm sure he'll go to a camp this summer, get timed in the 40, and those numbers will come out. When you watch his film, you see the suddenness, right? And then the stats you gave shows that his yards per catch is pretty good. And you talked about how he played against top-notch competition in New Jersey this season. So that lets you know that you're getting a dog, in a sense. Like, he does his best work against the best competition. And that's something that I think coaching staff saw. When they went after this young man, brought him in for junior day and ultimately, you know, took him into the class when he was ready to commit. You talked about the DNA, the NFL DNA. He's a totally different body type than his dad. His dad is a four or five guy, right? Big body. And that's who he is. He's going to go up 50-50 balls, high point the balls and be very physical going across the middle, middle. But this young man, screen game, short game. But when he catches the ball, he's going to do something with it. You, he's already really good at route running. You see that in his film as well. And so those are the things that, in my opinion, were attracted to Mike Brown and the rest of the offensive staff when they were checking out Elijah Burris, is that I don't know if they have a lot of run after catch in the wide receiver room right no, now. And I no. think that's something, if you look at the offers that were put out, that's something that yeah. was linear across the board for all of the wide receivers that were offered. They were really good after the catch. Yeah elijah burris is the exact same way so yeah. this is a this is a good this is a good commit in a 25 class i don't think it will be the best receiver that comes into the class right. as, of right, is, now, as, as of, of, right of right now as of right
2: now based yeah. on yeah well, it, it, well we'll dive into the, a little bit of the backstory too sean because i think what you just talked about with the type of receivers they're going after speed and playmaking ability we'll dive more into that even more so when we get into the part two of today's show uh, but when you look at this commitment, it's it's here's here's kind of why it caught people off guard. A month ago, most Notre Dame fans didn't know who this kid was. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Most Notre Dame fans didn't know who Elijah Burris was. You know, they didn't know that Plexico Burris had a son that was a you know junior in high school and was getting offers from from schools. He doesn't have a lot of Power Five offers right now. His three Power Five, well, Power Four, I guess now, offers are Notre Dame, Duke, and uh, Cincinnati. What's interesting is that's three more offers than Brandon Hillman had at this time of his junior year. And we obviously Brandon Hillman became a a, a top fifty player for for a top one fifty player coming out, and a guy that Notre Dame got and Notre Dame fans were excited about. So I wouldn't get too much into that stuff. And and here's some backstory on 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 Elijah. Missed his whole sophomore season with some injuries. Nothing like career threatening, nothing like debilitating towards his future, nothing to can be concerned with about, about that. But it did keep him from breaking out as a sophomore and playing as a sophomore, DePaul Catholic. And then when you look at uh, sort of the the kid that's in his class, who's their leading receiver, did play in 2022 and kind of emerged as the go-to guy. He was still that guy this year, but you can watch that kid's film. And this is something I would challenge learning fans to have. Don't just watch Elijah Burris' film. Go watch his teammate's film because you will see Elijah putting in work and getting open on plays where the quarterback's looking at the other kid. And so we'll kind of see how that, if that changes at all. He's also a kid that didn't do camps because of the injury. He hasn't been to a ton of camps. I think he's been to a couple, but hasn't done a lot of the camp circuit and is a guy that Notre Dame kind of found. Mike Brown was actually recruiting him at Wisconsin. That's how he, you know, that's how kind of Notre Dame got on him was Mike Brown came here and was like, hey, I like this kid better than a lot of the kids that are on the Notre Dame board already. And so obviously there was that push. And then when the rest of the staff had a chance to watch Elijah, everybody was on board. I mean, from the minute, they offered him, I, I was kind of like, is this kid actually in a, a take? So I reached out to some people that I know that, that would know such things, and it was, yeah, definitely. I mean, if he wanted to come right now, we'd take him. And then, of course, he visit, immediately set up a visit. And that's going to also factor into why he didn't get a lot more offers after Notre Dame offered. Because if you look around, when Notre Dame offers kids, there's almost immediately follow-up offers from a lot of other schools. Big reason why that didn't happen with Elijah is because as soon as people make, started making phone calls, to New Jersey to find out what was going on. Everybody knew what was going on. And that was him coming to Notre Dame was a matter of, of of when, not if, at that point in time. And when you, I mean, obviously his dad played against Notre Dame, but his mom with her her background, like I said, she's a lawyer, she's, she's run a business. Notre Dame is a place that that family is going to be very, very attracted to uh, for their son. And then of course, the relationship with Mike Brown having already been established. That's the thing is like when he was offered by Notre Dame, he didn't have a, a relationship with Notre Dame, but he already had an established relationship with Mike Brown. And so it wasn't like, hey, uh, I got to get to know you guys. He already knew the guy he was going to be playing for. Now it was, hey, let me get to campus. Let me meet the other commits. Let me meet Mike, meet Mike Dembrock. Let me meet you know, some of these other guys. And it clicked really well. And then it was just pretty much, okay, when's he going to announce? That's basically, basically kind of what it came down to, Sean, as far as the backstory for Elijah Burrish and, and how we how we got here with him.
3: And you love to hear that and that previous relationship with Mike Brown extends to like the rest, some of the most. I would say some of the most explosive offers. When we talk about the wide receivers offers that went out, the kids that we look at and say, man, this kid really has a chance. I really like him. That seems to be familiar, right? Mike Brown's previous relationship when he was at Wisconsin and some, even going back to Cincinnati, you know, when you reference point someone like Taylor and Taylor, but. I love this this commitment because I think it shows the direction that the Notre Dame wide receiver room needs to go. And I think it shows that there is an honest evaluation of what existed. I think that was an honest evaluation in the transfer portal of what they needed to get to balance out the room to make sure the same things that popped up the previous year won't be issues this year. And then moving forward, we need more of this. Yes. In the room. We need we need more run out cool. catch explosive plays without it having to be a deep ball, per se. Right. Because we're going to run the ball. And that sure. means play action, crossing routes, mesh concepts, you know, quick slants, quick screens, things of that you, nature. You,
2: you need catch and run, Sean. I mean, let's, yeah. let's dive into the class impact now. Right. Cause that, that's relevant to the class impact because that's kind of, you know, it's not impacting the clash on is not just about landing bodies. It was when you, we talked about this with the Owen Streba commitment the other night, right? It, it wasn't just they needed three O linemen, they needed tackles. They needed guys that could come in and play tackle. Sometimes, you know, hey, look, we got to get bigger at this position. You know, Notre Dame had a very strategic approach to linebacker and D line recruiting when Marcus Freeman came in. It was, I want length, we need to get longer. And people ask for comps all the time. You know, when my comp is for Elijah Burris, I have two. First one is a kid that played at Notre Dame a while ago as a player, not off the field, completely different type of young man off the field, but on the field, Kevin Stefferson, right? Who another, Some, some we were having a discussion today. Well, you know, Notre Dame hasn't really had any success with, you know, low ranked three star players. And I'm like, stop making every staff be responsible for what other staffs did. Mike Denbrock and Mike Brown have nothing to do with the recruiting or development that happened before then. However, Mike Denbrock was responsible for recruiting wide receivers at Notre Dame from about 2013 to 2012 to 2013 to about 2016. Go back and look at some of the best players they landed. Will Fuller was the lowest ranked player on the in the class, according to ESPN for Notre Dame. He was a three-star recruit on the on the on three composite list. Corey Robinson was a three-star recruit on the composite list. Jalen Guyton was a three-star recruit. Now, he, he didn't work out at Notre Dame. He went to North Texas and balled out and is still playing in the National Football League. I think he's in his fifth year playing in the National Football League with the Chargers. Right, That was a pretty good evaluation. And then the next year, he goes out and gets Kevin Stefferson. He also went and got Michael Young. Again, didn't work out at Notre Dame. Went to Cincinnati. Was a key part of that rotation at Cincinnati in 2020 and 2021 for a team that went, what, 23-2 during that stretch? He was also, here's an interesting stat I found out today, Sean. Michael Young was Cincinnati's leading receiver in the loss to Georgia and the loss to Alabama. You know, so played well in some big moments and was part of it. you know the three guys that he was was with. If Elijah Burris only has the career that Michael Young had, that's a success for a kid who's a three-star recruit, right? But I think he has even more upside. But if you want another comp for me, Sean, and this goes back to what is Notre Dame looking to add to this class. Who's the one player on the roster that you look at and say, Elijah Burris plays a lot like that kid? It's Chris Mitchell. Right? That's who it's like. It's Chris, it's same almost identical body type, although Elijah's as thick as Chris is now, right? Cause Chris is six one, one seventy-five. Really good vertical speed. And that's in a part of Elijah Burris's game that I think gets masked a little bit based on the way that they play him is he has pretty good speed. Go watch him against Bergen Catholic just running, and we'll actually see that when we pop in the film a little bit, Sean. He has good vertical speed, but he's one of those guys, the thing I like is he is that get off the line, and he is full speed right now. And his ability to cut and get out of breaks in a hurry right now, because the thing that Chris Mitchell brings to the table, it's not just that he's fast, because I don't know that I see 4-3 when I break down Chris Mitchell film like he says he is. I'd legit see 4-4 stuff, but you know, 4-4 is different than 4-3. That's the difference between Chris Brown and Will Fuller. I think Chris Mitchell has Chris Brown speed. I don't think he has Will Fuller speed. You know what I mean? That's the, but I'll take Chris Brown speed. But he's he's fast now. Like he takes step, he comes off the line and he gets to speed now, but he's a good route runner. He knows how to get open and he can catch and run. That's the big thing and that was the point you made Sean is you can't just be a big play team because you hit post routes and go routes all the time. You go back and watch LSU with Mike Denbrock, they weren't throwing a ton of bombs. What they were doing is getting guys the ball where they could catch and run or catch, make one guy miss, then go. And that's something that this kid brings to the table. Now he's got to get stronger and we'll we'll talk about that when we when we dive into the film Sean, but to your point, they needed guys that can do more with before the ball got there and he brings that he's a very dynamic route runner and they need more guys who can do something with the ball once they get it and when you look at the last couple classes it's not even just this class but they've started to go in that direction I think Jaden Greathouse can be that kind of player Jordan Faison's that kind of player I think Cam Hart excuse me Cam Williams is that kind of player Logan Saldate is that kind of player and then Elijah Burris is that kind of player so you're starting to see adding more and more of that to the table, but they also needed a guy, Sean, that just knows how to win as a route runner. And that this kid knows how to win as a route runner. As the rest of his game, and, and really it's not his game that needs to improve, it's his body, right? That's that's the big thing that needs to, 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 to get there. And he just needs more experience because, as I said, he missed his whole sophomore year. But that's what they're adding, Sean. They're adding that that dynamic, that long-legged kid, even though he's not super tall, he's like six one but he's very long legged, which isn't surprising when you consider his dad is 6'6 and his mom's a sprinter, right? It's not a shocker. That he's got kind of long legs for, for his height, but he's a kid to me that just knows how to make plays with the ball. And you're going to see that in the film. And, and he, he knows how to get open. And that's the big thing because Notre Dame has had to scheme guys open a lot in recent years, right? They've needed to call plays to kind of get guys open. They didn't have guys who could just go out and win. When you watch them play Clemson this year, they just didn't have receivers that could just win off the ball. They had to kind of scheme them, and we were talking about all year, motion them and move them around to allow them to get some space. Rico Flores is a good football player. He's not a guy that's just going to act and work himself open. He's a very good route runner, but he doesn't have the explosiveness. You have to scheme into success with Rico and, and, and players like that. This is a kid to me that can go win as a route runner, and, and that's why I really like the Kevin Stefferson and the uh, Chris Mitchell – combinations. I would say he's more like Chris than Kevin as a player uh, because he's more explosive. Kevin was smooth. Chris is a little bit more sudden and Elijah's a little bit more sudden as a player, which I like. But as you said, Sean, that's the big thing. They needed this type of player in the class. And whether that's as the, he ends up being the number three guy in the class or he develops in college and he becomes the best player in the class, we'll find that out. But the skill set Is something that they needed, and they're going to take four receivers in this class. So it's good to kind of finally kick the door down and get one in this class. And I know it's not one that's going to excite people, Sean. I get it. I I I do. I'm not even mad at people that 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 are down on this one because they don't watch film. That's fine. That's fair. If everybody knew how to watch film brilliantly, they wouldn't need us, right? I mean that that's fair. I understand. You see the offers: Notre Dame, Duke, Cincinnati. You see that he hasn't been ranked by certain people. I get all that. I'm just telling you, folks. You all know me well enough to know. You know, Sean, well enough to know if we thought that this was a bad take, I'd tell you, you know, we'd tell you. And there's another kid that they're probably going to take in this class with DNA that works out great that I'm not as excited about, if I'm going to be honest with you. And I hope I end up being wrong about that one. This kid, Sean, I mean, I mean, it was first three, four plays. I'm like, how how was this? And I didn't even know he's Plexico versus kid at the time. I just saw the offer and immediately went. And started watching the film. So how's this kid not got more offers? He plays at a very in a very good league, and I'm watching the film. I'm like, holy moly, this kid's legit. And then of course Notre Dame makes the push and gets him. So uh, from a class impact, Sean, you're kicking off the 2025 class. But as you said, and I think nail absolutely nailed it, you need a specific type of skill set in this class. Burris gives you that in a lot of different ways. Now you can. You, you can still add that. You still room to add another player like that. But to at least get this one was big for me, for Notre Dame. And, and again, I understand why people aren't as excited. Some, some, some aren't excited about this. But, man, it didn't take me very long, Sean, to watch the film. To, and it was the same feeling I got when I first watched Kevin Stefferson. You remember that. I, was, I mean, first time I saw Kevin Stefferson, I don't care what anybody says about his ranking. That dude can flat out ball. And he ended up being a pretty good player.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC.
3: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I just want the kid to stay healthy, Brian. Just stay healthy. That's why he wasn't at camps. You talked about his health. He comes back, production goes up a little bit. And then I expect his production to take another step this season. And I expect him to be on the camp circuit. So we'll see. Those are the things we're going to look for for affirmation and confirmation for what we feel he can be based upon his film. But you talk about it, and just to tie a nice little bow before we get into his film breakdown. Look, you need certain things. There's a reason Notre Dame struggled last year at the wide receiver position. That's because they had a lot of the same receivers that can do the yeah. same things and, and fit no, in the same, and position. the same positions. Right. So you have to recruit now to eliminate that. I'm sure. Yeah. They would probably love to come in and say, yo, we have everything we need. Now we can just pick and choose who we want. That's not how that's not how it works. They have to come in and evaluate what they have, what they don't have, what they're going to be losing. And honestly say this is what we need to get the same thing with the offensive line situation. They need towels in this class. Point blank. And so that was paramount. And the same thing, the type of receiver and the type of skill set that this young man gives them is a need. It's a need. He's a great get. Great get. We'll see if he's going to be a great player or to to fill a need. He's a great get.
2: Let's dive into the film, Sean, and and give people a little bit of a taste for this. There's also some game film online. If If you are someone who likes watching game film, which I do, there is some game film on YouTube that you can go find. Just t- type into ball Catholic football, and you'll find some game film on there as well. But we're going to stick to the highlights for the purposes of this show and give you a little bit of a taste of what Elijah Burris is all about as a player, Sean. And again, this first clip kind of gives you a little bit of what we're talking about. Just that foot quickness, ability to make plays after the catch. Using, I mean, just starting off. I mean, he's using his speed, his, his speed, and by speed, I mean not coming off fast, to set this guy up. It just, this is nuance. Like, okay, this guy's kind of waiting and watching. I'm trying to time this up. This guy's not peddling. Boom, hit that quick out, catch the ball. Now he's in space. You got to make one guy miss. And then you go, right? So you see it right off the get. And look at that acceleration. Like that guy has an angle on him, Sean. And he just explodes past him. This is Northern Jersey football, folks. This is good football. Now that I, I would be on him about. Like, bro, don't you stick that ball out like that until you get into the end zone, right? But- now, this is a this is an example of where he does not get the football. You'll see this a lot on this other kid's film. Watch the suddenness here, Sean. Like talking mm-hmm. about win winning at the line. Goodness gracious. Great win at the line. What's why is he doing this, Sean? It's because this guy is playing him inside. He needs to get inside. So what he's got to do is he's got to lean that guy out, get him to bite, then snap it off inside. Look at that quickness, gets upfield vertically. Boom. Sticks the post route. Wait a route. minute. The, the, the Go at the top of the route, though. Right. That's right. what I'm talking about. Sticks that post route. And look at the acceleration out of the break. Watch this. Boom. I mean, just he's gone. Now, he's more open than he would have been otherwise. He would have been open on this plane no matter what. But he looks... It looks like the corner and the safety are like, oh my god, I don't know what he's doing. But they're reading the quarterback. And the quarterback's looking away from him. That, that mm-hmm. but this route gets open no matter what. Like he, this corner is not covering him, even if he wasn't reading the quarterback. You know what I mean? And so again, you're watching this. You're watching this film and saying, yeah, he didn't get the ball. But guys, if the quarterback is looking at that, he's gonna get that ball, and it's gonna be six. Yeah, I and mean, that's just that suddenness and explosiveness to get out of the route. And there's still some things you can clean up there. I want him to just kind of. He rounds it off just a skosh at the top, yeah. you know. Stick that thing and, and get a little bit more uh, downhill is good, but that's a really nice route, Sean. Really nice route. Love the ball control here. Keep that foot in bounds. This is against Bergen Catholic. Obviously Notre Dame. Steve Angelis from Bergen Catholic. Uh, Quincy Porter, who is a kid that Notre Dame likes a lot in the class, is on this team. There's a lot of Division One football players in this on this field for Bergen Catholic and he just runs right by dude, Sean. He ended up having seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown in this game. Really nice tra- ball tracking here. I mean, if they had a better quarterback, this should be six. I mean, he should. this should be a touchdown right here.
3: Uh, he, it seems like he eats up the cushion pretty fast yeah. to him when watching this film
2: yeah sean that's that first step quickness we were talking about earlier you know what i mean like yeah. he gets off the line he gets and, and he knows how to manipulate speeds too because it's not always about coming off as fast as you can i've talked about this i'm my rule for receivers is you're selling it like it's a go route unless i tell you otherwise because there are there is a time and a place i like this one-handed catch here i'd like to see him try to get two hands on the ball you know me, old receivers coach, but this isn't imp- – he tracks the deep ball really well, Sean. Really good body control. And he settles down in the zone. He knows I can't keep screaming to the sideline because that cornerback's going to – It's undercover. coming.
3: Yeah. So you're, yeah. you keep – he understands the subtleties of the position, which is invaluable. For a kid to understand that going into his senior season – it's invaluable. A lot of time we watch film, Brian, and we see physical traits, physical talent, speed, quickness, breakaway speed. When you watch somebody who has film and you as a coach, this is what brings you joy when you're watching film like this, mm-hmm. because you see things that you say to yourself, those are things that I teach freshmen and sophomores
2: yeah.
3: in college. And this kid is working and actually executing it.
2: As a junior in high school. As Absolutely. a junior in high school. Like this route right here, Sean, like this is just a simple slant, but you see it. He stems him up. He gets that outside lean. As soon as the guy turns his hips, you're done, and I beat you inside. But the thing is, he's got a lean here because if he just runs vertical, number one, the corner just squeezes on him. And number two, he runs right into the safety. That lean, number one, you're attacking the leverage of the corner, right? That's number one you're using your 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 speed off the ball not not speed from a pure speed standpoint but the speed that you are coming off with you're using that to manipulate him cuz you're getting him to think hey I'm running something by you and then boom you stick it inside he sees that it's zone and so instead of screaming inside out of a slant he start he beats that guy settles down cuz if he, again if he runs full speed out of this break he's running right into the safety he's getting laid out Right. This is understanding the coverage that you're playing. Throttle down, make the catch, brace for impact. And you got the first down.
3: Right. Like that's I mean, that's 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 good stuff right there, Sean. So that's that's the ability pre-snap and then the ability to react mm post-snap and understand what's needed. It's something similar to what people say makes Travis Kelsey great with Patrick Mahomes, the understanding of where the open area is running to the open area, knowing when to throttle down and to give your quarterback the opportunity to get the ball to you. That's elite-level type stuff when it comes to receiving and running routes. And once again, we're talking about a young man who just had one year because he was injured previously. He's doing all of this, really his first full year. Playing playing varsity, for sure, yeah. Playing varsity. I mean, that's impressive. I don't care if he doesn't have stars. If you show me this tape without me me having a name, without his connection to his father, if you just show me this tape, what would I say?
2: This okay. kid has an advanced game, dude. That's what Absolutely. you'd be saying. That's yeah.
3: exactly what you would say. So let's remove all of the exterior factors, right? But he doesn't have a star, he's not ranked. This is his dad. That mm-hmm. can go both ways. Just remove all of that and just watch the film.
2: Right. Right. And tell that, me whether or not you're that happy right about there. this young
3: man coming to Notre Dame. Catches this, it with his this hands. This is the string game you're talking about. Yep. Suddenness, run after catch.
2: Get the ball outside, right? He eventually switches it, but get the ball outside, right? A little quicker than that. But this is one where it's like, hey, why don't you get the ball outside right away? Because the defender's outside. Right. You don't put the ball near the defender. And once you get vertical, get the ball back outside, which he does, right? You see it up there. Now his, now he's got, the, he's got the stiff arm hammed open and he maximizes yardage I mean, that's that's what you need right like what Notre Dame doesn't do a lot of Sean is they don't steal yards like in the past game a lot they don't they don't steal yards and that's what's so frustrating with like no RPO and just lack of screen game is because you know I mean LSU this year you watch them they'll just steal six seven yards boom you play off boom we're just gonna steal six yards I mean it's just like a run play and they don't do enough of that and and you need but part of it is because you need guys that can do that I mean that's you know I'm very high on Tobias Merriweather still. I think Tobias Merriweather's has a chance to still be a very good player, but that's not the stuff you're doing with him. You're using him to run vertical routes, and that goes back to your point. There weren't a whole lot of guys that could do that, and, and the guys that they could, they didn't really use a lot for that. And so they're trying to recruit more and more guys like that, and this young man has the ability to do that as a route runner and then, as you said, after the catch. And as he gets more and more playing time, Sean, to your point, you're going to see it even more and
3: more and more. So if he takes the physical jump and the production jump that we think he has a chance to do in his senior year, you have to feel that with his skill set and understanding of the position, he's someone that can come in early.
2: Yeah, I
3: think so. And definitely get snaps.
2: Yeah. Now Here's another one where the quarterback just doesn't look at him. This -hmm. this is in the state title game. They lost 14 to seven. Sean, this should be a touchdown. touchdown. This should be, if this is CJ Carr, Deuce Knight, Kenny Minchie, Steve Angeli. This is a touchdown, you know, and, and that's the thing is like you, you sometimes numbers can lie. I mean, he has this corner, this safety just screwed in. Watch him throw this, his hands up. Yep. Now, this is also, Sean, I believe met MetLife. So this is on this is this is the, where the Giants played. I'm pretty sure that's where they played the state title game this year. But this is just this is, this is a really good high school route right here. Now I'd like to see a little bit better vertical release, vertical just get off, just come off a little bit faster.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But this is this is really good, really good top end right here. His top ends are just excellent. Boom, because his body language is screaming post. That's the thing, right? Like boom, and then right. you just—I mean—it's done. It should be a touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. So yeah, he, statistically, he caught two balls for 15 yards in the state title game. But th- this was in the state that title. That should have been a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there there's a lot to like Sean. And I'm I'm hoping that they'll use him more this year. That's something I'm hoping that they'll do is, is get him more involved and, and maybe that a year under the belt and and because and, the other kids this kid's a good football player. The kid yeah. that's in his class. They're in the same class. They're both
3: very good football players. Use them both. And the one thing we haven't talked about is he has pretty good hands. Yeah. You see him catching the ball with his hands going across the middle yep. a lot. He's not a body catcher. He's catching the ball with his hands, a couple of one handed catches, but. Gets the over the top of the defense here, yeah. Yeah.
2: This, that was against St. Peter's prep, by the way. Yeah. Brandon Wimbush, Shane Simon, the Adam Yolas went. See, so yeah, I think he had like three for 90 something in this game.
3: He's a football uh, player, Brian. Yeah. He's a football player.
2: So, one thing you'll see, Sean, obviously, he's a. Oh, there. Look at that nod route right there. That's That's mm-hmm. nice. Sticking, selling the option. Boom. And again, he sees the safety coming over. So I'm not screaming to the back. I'm I'm getting in the end zone. I'm finding that sweet spot and I'm catching the football. Uh, Quarterbacks love kids like this because he, he, first of all, he does it quickly. Number one, because you got to get into that. Boom. Watch him get his head around. Look how fast he whips his head around. He understands this ball is going to come to me. Now I got to get my head around and catch that football. That's just, again, that's a kid that knows how to play the game of football right there. Sean, that's what that is. That's why
3: you do the cone work. Look at He literally looks like he's doing cone work. Yep.
2: yep. Yep. You talk about your, your head, working your head back. Look, this is a very nice. Nat- he, he's a pretty long kid, Sean. You can see it right now. He's in his stance, right? This is a good pre-snap stance, number mm-hmm. one. He doesn't have a ton of wasted movement at the snap. Nice bend in the front knee, drives off that front foot. But look how long his arms are, too. He's got a decent catch radius for a kid who's only about six foot one. I've seen some people list him as 6'2". I'd have to see him up close in person. I, I don't think he's too far off of that. There's a picture of him with Marcus Freeman that that they're similar height, and he might be just maybe a scotch taller, uh, but, uh, you know, good height. I, I don't know if he's going to hit a growth spurt. People have asked about that. I don't know if he's going to hit a growth spurt like his dad. I don't even care if he does. I mean, he's already over six feet tall. I'm good with that. Now, if he grows a couple inches, that's great, you know. Uh, but I don't think he needs it. Where 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 you see on film, the first thing you look at, Sean is he's gotta fill out and get stronger. His play strength is gonna have to get stronger. Like he's a kid that great route runner, but when he's playing against man coverage against the Benjamin Morrisons and the Christian Grays, the guy Jaden Mickey, especially, you know, guys that are older and you know, three years in the weight room and things like that, he's gonna get knocked around a little bit more. So he's gonna have to improve that strength, that functional strength, that play strength as he moves forward, I'm not too concerned about it right now because he's just a junior, right? But that is going to be something. And his dad was a string being in high school. So I, I I know that his dad was very skinny in high school as well. I played against his dad, actually. Well, I was on the team that we played against when I was at Kemsville. They beat us when I was a freshman. We beat them as a sophomore. Took my ACTs with Plex and Deion Dyer too, by the way, Sean, which is pretty funny. I have a story to tell you about that one later. Uh, but he, he filled out as he got older like his junior senior year he as he got older but when you go back and look at Plex when he was a freshman and a sophomore he's a pretty skinny dude and and so he filled out pretty well uh, and, and was a pretty strong player as well so I think he'll get stronger it's just that's the main area right now that I look at and I say that's the area where he's going to have to get a lot stronger just functional play strength stronger as he plays against better dbs but love the quickness love the length love the hands and just love the feel for the game. You all saw it on the film. I mean, that kid just knows, here's the open spot, here's when the ball should come. Like, he didn't know if the quarterback was going to throw him the ball there, but he was going to be ready for it if it came. And that's those are things that you love, man. It's like the, the he's got all the tools, Sean. I mean, really. Again, I I hope that the I hope that these recruiting services are smart enough to 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 be open-minded when they watch this kid play because the tools
3: are there. That's a four-star football player, Sean. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. Who can I trust? That's a question that every quarterback asks when it's third down, when it's third and five, we need to move the chains. Who can I trust? This young man's the type of wide receiver that's quarterbacks are going to say, I can trust him. I can trust that he's going to know where to to go, where the open space is. I can trust he's going to run the right route I can trust he's going to be on time. I can trust that he's going to get off bump and run. Like, you talk about him picking up weight, gaining strength, all of that will come. But from a technical standpoint, he has a skill set that gives comfortability to your quarterbacks that they have somebody on that third down that they can trust. And that is invaluable. I don't care how talented you are as a quarterback. If you don't feel like you have somebody that you can trust, who are you going to pull the trigger? How do you pull the trigger? This young man, look, and I think he was – it's pretty safe to say his quarterback had a favorite target. <laughs> a, a really good target, by the way. It and wasn't that,
2: like- that kid actually had more numbers as a sophomore when mm-hmm. Elijah wasn't on the team. He actually had over 900 yards as a sophomore, and that kid's numbers dropped down to 800 as a as a junior because he had to split some production with Elijah a little bit. But, yes, no doubt, that, that kid emerged as the top target the year that Elijah sat out. And that's a f- factors into it, into what they're doing. And you can watch the film. They're putting that kid to the field a lot. The other kid to the field a lot. Well, in college, you're going to be thrown to the boundary more. In in high school, you're going to be thrown to the field more. And that's yeah. where they went with the ball a lot of times. Yeah. So a lo- lot to like, Sean, a lot to like about this young man. We're going to wrap up this part of it because we're not going to do sort of the what's next part that we normally do because that's actually going to be the second segment of our show. We're just kind of look at the wide receiver board a little bit before we dive into the Notre Dame team, Sean. But uh, before we do that, everybody, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, give us a five-star review. If you are just a YouTube or a Rumble listener, you can also listen to our shows on podcast platforms where we actually will break them into segments. So like today's show will probably be split into three or four different segments that we'll put up, and you can find that at Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, any of those platforms that you use, subscribe there, uh, leave us a five-star review there. greatly appreciate that. You can check those out as well. And of course, as always, sign up for the message boards of boards at com.